This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the miniature short podcast where we choose a topic and talk about it for as long as the dice decides. So what's our first topic? All right. What have you been up to lately for hobby stuff? All right. Let's roll and see how long we're going to talk about it for. Five minutes. Whoa. Maybe this is it. This is All right. Podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I have went a little bit crazy. Um I think I, I mentioned last time that I bought a whole bunch of, uh, so I finished my orcs, bought a whole bunch of uh, orc miniatures. And then I basically, uh, over the past little while, I assembled them. But then I actually switched to Infinity. So instead of actually finishing all of these new orc models that I bought, I also, did I mention that I also bought uh, Kill Team for the miniatures last time? Uh, did you buy it used or did you buy it new? I bought it brand new, not to play Kill Team, mm-hmm. uh, but just because I like the models and I got it at a steep discount. So it was like just a good deal. Just okay. a good, it was just a good deal and I wanted the orcs. So I bought that. But the latest thing is uh, I started, you know, because I had completed my orcs, right? My, my orc army, even though I bought extra orcs, uh, I moved on to starting painting infinity of course what happens when you start painting a different army you got to buy more models so i went through all my infinity models and i think i mentioned this before also a long time ago um i've tried i'm I'm basically redoing all of my infinity because in 2019 they switched from using like like three to four percent lead to have no lead in their models so i just like i eh, might as well just use that as, that as an excuse to clear out all my models uh but i had a couple of models left that were that i wasn't sure about when i cleaned out so i just went and bought all of them again and so i literally just put it to the side and like i need to buy a new box that has been new newly uh printed not printed i guess they're not printed well newly cast well, hopefully you can say you've become a better painter and you're like, oh, these are so much better when I paint them. Uh, yes. Okay. Because I do that one. That will be. Or maybe I, I will just have to rush them to play them because I want to play them tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That might happen. That might not happen. So I've just been finishing off my Necromunda. So I need to paint lines on the bases. But otherwise, I finished painting up my corpse grinders. The process was basically just like pick one color on like I did one test model and there was nine more. So I just picked yeah, one yeah. color and painted it on the rest of the, of the nine guys in one session. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, there's seven different colors on them. Seven painting sessions, they're done. It's It makes it a slog, but like, it will be finished. So, and I got to work uh, on that too. I got to finish my Necromunda thing since we're starting uh, in April, I think, the Necromunda campaign. But I also need to prepare for the, the first tournament, uh, Infinity tournament that's coming up. Uh-huh. Well, luckily I finished a whole army while taking a break from playing Infinity. So I just have like everything finished for that army. So I'm like, no, I'll just build any yeah, list I want. Maybe maybe I'll just bring miniatures with lead in them. Uh-huh. And just bring that uh, all Janissary list. I'll bring a Janissary list. brought that one time before and I'll just do maybe one more time and then call it. Uh-huh. Just for the yeah. people who I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did do the entire like 10 man Janissary list. And it's kind of weird to only have played one, like a few games with it and then never play it again. So maybe I'll play it for one more tournament before I retire it forever. Mm-hmm. Seems worth it. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, and the other thing I did right. is I based, I guess we have yep. 30 seconds left. I based the Necromunda on clear bases, which I suppose also cuts the painting time down. But mm -hmm. the other thing I did with the clear bases is basically spray them with satin varnish so they don't look yep. quite as shiny. Yeah. So that that I actually fucked up once because I was using a partially empty can that splattered them. I was like, oh, this is gross. I had to throw us. I'll have to so use them on the models I don't care away. about. I won't throw them away. I'll just use them on guys I don't care about. So. Mm. So you didn't use the bases that they came with? No, they're, they're too tall. They don't, nah. Interesting. Not going to match the board either. Well, I already put my guys in the bases, so I'm going to go with the, those. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's what we've been doing model-wise. Now to questions. All right, you want to uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, the question that I have is, when collecting a big army, how big is too big? Uh, four minutes. Three All right. So, so I think the easiest answer is when it doesn't fit in one case. The definition of case, of course, can like vary, mm -hmm. but I think it's like if you, you may need a shoulder strap. I won't. I won't say you don't need that. Uh -huh. But like they sell some pretty big army carrying cases there. But once you go go beyond one case, like you need to be able to walk and open doors at the same time, and you don't want to be going back and forth because now you can't like. You can do that, but just for regular gaming, it's just way too crazy and too many models. So I think once you go beyond that, it's just way too many guys. So that's my baseline answer of it. Like that's the absolute maximum. But okay, but also it depends on the, the type of case, right? Like, is it just whatever case you have? No, I'm, I'm, if you're buying models, you can go out, you can buy cases. Cause I mean, you got to go buy foam. You got to buy magnets. You got to buy something to move your miniatures around. Mm -hmm. So if you have to buy one of those really big foam cases and fit it out yeah. with like custom foam, then, okay. then that's fine. But like 440 K does not fit in those cases. Cause you have several tanks and then it's over. Like <laughs> they will take up that whole case by themselves. So you're saying that Warhammer 40,000 is probably too big for a big game. Yeah, because it doesn't fit in those cases. Plus, ideally, you wouldn't have to pack your army for that day. Ideally, you would keep your whole like line of that army in that case, so you wouldn't have to like yeah. shuffle things every time you play. So yeah. preferably, you can just put everything in that one case that you own for that army, mm -hmm. and then you pull the stuff out you want to play with. I think that's, okay. that's a reasonable request. Yeah, I think that actually is a pretty good way to divide up how big your army should be. Um, like a a bit more than a backpack, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm thinking like, those big army cases they sell because it's that's yeah, exactly. Those big army cases are a bit, a bit fit a bit more than what's in a backpack. Like to me, like a school backpack or whatever uh, with a um, what do you call them? A, a messenger tote, like a so like a, basically the, the the messenger totes are by the size of a laptop bag. So laptop bag plus a school backpack bag is about what you can fit in there. I think that makes some, some sense because that also is something that you can easily bring around as well. When yeah, you have I mean, to like drive so that you can fit everything in it, it's just terrible. And I think maybe, maybe that comes down to the fact that, you know, we moved to the city from the suburbs and stuff. Like a lot of people, <laughs> they can only play by driving and that is way too much stuff. 
Oh yeah, whole car full of things. That's that's crazy. I mean, if you have to bring the terrain around, sure, because you're not playing at a game store. But mm-hmm. if you're going to a tournament in that, you don't want to have to like have carts and stuff that you have to go back and forth, load your cart, and then move the cart. Yeah, or you have to use your hands when you're carrying your stuff. I think that's like often way too much. Yeah, like my preference, not too much, is for like a laptop bag size. But I'm willing to go up to like the the big army bag sizes without. Yeah. I think one laptop bag and one backpack, I think, is is an overall good amount. And that ends up being, like, you can fit some tanks in even, like, one of those big things. Like, War Machine games, as much as I think the game was too big uh, for me, I think it's a decent-sized game, like, even slightly slightly larger. Uh, if you're playing a mass battle game, like, I don't know, Warhammer 40,000, right? When you have like a really big colossal, maybe a couple of jacks and then like 30, 40, 50, maybe up to 60 infantry, right? That, that generally can fit into one of those big bags, right? With the extra bag on top. Yeah, so what I realized though, after like we went back and played one game with War Machine models, not, not necessarily War Machine itself, but when you realize that you can take like those units you know, of 10 guys, which I usually only bought one of, but when you realize, oh, I might actually want three of this one unit. Oh, and then like two of this other unit of 10. You now are like, oh, I need a really big case to carry yeah. like seven squads of 10 on top of everything else that goes into the army. So mm-hmm. like, those games can get out of control pretty quickly. Yeah, especially with the tanks. Tanks and the giant giant like robots like Imperial, I guess the Colossals for War Machine or the, uh, what do they call Knights for 40K. Yeah, just like, how do you even play with these big models? It's crazy. Yeah. All right. So I think that that covers our our maxing out on our physical Large army sizes. Armies. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a question? Yeah. So after painting my Necromunda lately, I was doing sort of the, the kind of zenith starting for it. Mm-hmm. And thinking about that, because I didn't use your standard gray color for it. I used something else. Mm-hmm. Okay, what? Because usually I prime in gray and most people prime in gray or like black or white. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking like if you're going to start off with pre-shading things, what would be another yeah. good color to start off with? Okay. Non-grayscale. Five minutes. Oh, okay. That shall, that shall end so... this one. Because Army Painter sells a whole giant range of these things which a lot of people just use like, oh, this is going to be the color of the army. But I don't think yeah. you have to use the color as the color of your army. It can be like yeah, some sort of... That's like appreciate, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is... Common ones would be browns probably or uh, blues for the shade, right? Yep. Or you want to use like a khaki basically for the brights, which is like kind of like a very, very light kind of brown, right? Because when you think about it, you're trying to reflect, you know, the ambient colors around it, right? In mm-hmm. general, right? If you're not, if you're trying to do, you know, pre-shading, right? So for darkness, blues, browns, dark browns make some sort of sense as your black, right? That yep. way your shading is not actually black, but it is, you know, an off, like a, a darkish whatever color. And then you can say either it's like shining from the sun or the ocean or something like that. Or if it's brown, it's from dirty, you know, just the general kind of colors of the world and dirt. 
I don't know what how, what do you think? You're the one that actually did it. I, I generally don't appreciate it like this. So, well, because because I was trying to imitate like a Baroque painting style on mm-hmm. the Necromunda, mm-hmm. I looked up like how some of the Baroque painters did their stuff, and it's like, oh, okay, they didn't prime the canvas like white. They actually pr- like one of the guys Caravaggio primed it like all brown, and then did like white pre shading on it. So it basically has like this un- ru- it was very like rusty brown. So the whole like. Mm-hmm undertone of the model has like this rusty look plus what you're talking about i didn't realize it until you mentioned it it sort of has that like all the underside faces which i didn't like paint as much i just kind of wash them have that look of like reflecting the ground with the brown to it so it kind of gave the whole thing like an overall like rusty dirty look to it which if you want that for your guys to look dirty or like rusty like priming like pre-shading brown you don't have to use that from the can i just sprayed it out of the airbrush over top of the guy to give it that color so Uh like i think it depends on what like feel you want to give the model i could even see you like putting like an orangey red into guys if you're going to intend to paint them like with bright yellows and reds and stuff like that just to start off with like an orange so it already starts off bright Mm -hmm. but then you're going to have to hit it really hard like where you're going to paint all the dark areas you're probably going to do like two heavy coats Mm -hmm. so you're saying though like starting basically with your spray of, of, of a certain color to me though, like if with a bright orange, mm-hmm. that seems more like a spot color. How does yeah. that work? Like in general, your colors should be about the ambient reflections. Otherwise you're not really appreciating. You're actually just pre-coloring. Right. And of course yeah. you do that with whatever kind of color you want. Mm-hmm. What is a bright orange actually reflecting? It's supposed to be like, why yes. would either your shadows or your highlights be that color? Yeah, I guess you probably do just want to keep it for whatever you're reflecting, like keep it a shadow color. Like maybe greens might be another option. If you figure the guys were like in the forest, you might do like a dark green on them. But yeah, yeah, it's probably right that you want to stick with all a bunch of shadow colors to to sort of fit in with the ambient. I could see, you see dark purple as well. Mm-hmm. just as like you know because more painting fantasy stuff, right? So although, you know, dark purple maybe not as common in reality just as a cool shade color like a shadow color it's just cool <laughs> if you thought you were gonna use it for the shadows just like start yeah. start off priming with like a dark just airbrush your guy with a dark purple to give yeah, them that whole cool. if you want like a whole fantasy color scheme with more like yeah like a dark almost like a glowy kind of whatever kind of color mm-hmm. so i think i'll probably try it on more guys in the future see what uh-huh. it does because it, it speeds up painting because you don't paint the undersides of a lot of things and they still have color because if you do gray and you don't paint the underside it's clearly not painted but yes. if you have a color going on that you just like airbrushed around the thing yeah. now it's like oh okay it's it's got color on it it's been painted it's, it's again just ways to to make your painting faster kind of thing so this is like a workmanship thing this is not like i'm i'm doing this for my uh golden demon or, or whatever kind of competition piece this is just like i need to push these eyes out faster while still looking cool and interesting might as yep. well start with that color i think that makes a lot of sense yeah so it's it's pretty easy this is, is, is this a lot coming from i don't know you you and, and and andrew went to this painting thing where the guy was like shove in colors into the metal like that just don't exist just to make it interesting mm-hmm. is this the same kind of kind of idea it's just shoving random colors in there yeah, it and, actually and does. If they're fit in the background, it just makes things look cooler. Yeah, because like the areas I painted bluish black on the Necromunda guys is like, there's a lot of brown going on, but I didn't have to paint that. I just didn't mm-hmm. achieve full coverage. 
and that has this like <laughs> cool cool dirty dirty uh-huh. like La- laziness on. was like uh part of the you know works for you instead of against you kind of thing it's great no well you have to apply the paint properly you can't like you've got to apply in like even layers you can't go back over and over and over to build it to the one color or can you <laughs> No, you would see seams in the paint if you didn't all get it. Yeah, the, yeah, of the cool whatever kind of brown whatever that you you wanted, you had underneath. Uh huh. Anyhow, we'll see where that leads. And, that yeah, and when we start getting the whatever the start using more washes, I guess there's the whole like contrast slash uh, speed paints thing that is emphasizing more washes and inks and stuff like that as as a way to paint. Um. Well, this this style of paint, I just applied thin coats, anyways, and let let the pre shading show, show through a bit. Yep. All right. Well, uh, that is basically it, right? Yep. That's been our yeah. last five. So uh, those that's uh, the questions we talked about today. Uh, if you have questions that you want us to answer, or give us a shout, uh, email us at contact at dice over everything. Or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything or join Dice Over Everything group to let us know what you're up to. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye.